Hello and welcome to the Real Reflections Podcast. It's the podcast where the popcorn is always hot and movies are talked about a lot. I am your host, Wow. For this episode, we are going back to the 90s, more specifically the fall of 1995. What is the significance of that era, you may ask? Well, it was when Disney Pixar released the first entirely computer-animated feature film in Toy Story. It's that movie that answers the question of what would it be like if your toys interacted with each other when you weren't around. But the subject of this episode takes the Toy Story idea and puts a dark comedic spin on it. That's right, of course I'm talking about the 1998 Small Soldiers, the movie about jacked-up G.I. Joes that go rogue. Now, if you haven't seen the movie in a while or are unfamiliar with it, allow me to give you a brief description. Gil Mars is the CEO of Global Tech Industries. He buys out Heartland Toy Company and commissions their top two designers to develop an interactive and evolving toy line based off of their individual concepts, the military-themed Commando Elite and the monster-themed Gorgonites to make the toys do as advertised. A military-grade processor chip known as the X-1000 is purchased and installed to help the uh, designers achieve the interactive toy concept. Al, or Alan is a troubled teen who assists his father at a struggling antique store. As he does, he eyes the toy line during a routine delivery. Going against his dad's declaration of no toy war toys, Alan is fronted two boxes in hopes of earning the store a bit of a profit. It is during the setup that Alan activates the major chip hazard in Archer Toys, the respective leaders of the Gorgonites and the Commando Elite. The toys go into default mode. For the Gorgonites, it's run and hide. For the Commando Elite, it's hunt and kill the Gorgonites by any means necessary. Things get more complicated for Alan when the Commando Elite discover the Gorgonites are hiding out in Alan's house, Figuring Alan and anyone associated with him are Gorgonite allies, Major Chip Hazard leads the Commando Elite on an assault on Alan's house. While the story itself is rather unique, you get the idea that it is a hybrid of Toy Story and 1984's Gremlins. If you want to hire a director to film your knockoff, who better than the director of Gremlins itself, Joe Dante? While the content with the finished product 
Joe Dante had in an or had stated in an interview that he had been originally commissioned to direct an edgier version of Small Soldiers, one that's demographic was more targeted toward the young adult range. With that being said, it brings up an interesting question. How does a movie that was originally conceived as an edgier film get morphed into a more family-oriented feature? Well, if I had to take a guess, I would say that it would come down to two answers. Sponsorship and merchandising. Now, I'm assuming that everyone that saw the rough cut of the finished product would see the potential for extra earned profits. Much like Alan had hoped for, hoped for with his dad's shop. The action figures that actually act out what's seen in commercials. There's a lot of potential in typical toy lines, video games, shirts, posters, pretty much anything you could put uh, small soldiers uh, propaganda on would be a big seller. Then you also consider the fact that small soldiers was a July release. And summer movies like that are usually given a lot more exposure than your other average typical grade movies. It's while on the surface that Small Soldiers may sound like a blockbuster. And trust me, it did catch my attention because when I grew up playing with uh, various action figures like G.I. Joe's and all that, I always would wonder what it would be like if they came to life. How they would interact with us. But it's beneath the surface there was a issue that was waiting to be picked apart and that would be the violence in the movie and yes director Joe Dante had made executives and executives I'm not sure if it was at DreamWorks or whomever he had made them happy as he had modified his original vision to match a finished product that they felt was more appropriate but he couldn't trim away all of the violence that was already directed in, in the movie itself. Because if he did so, then the completed film would be full of plot holes and would seem tame and really kind of incomplete. It'd be more like if uh, someone went to go make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie and they decided that they didn't want any chainsaws in the movie at all. It's while the bulk of the violence was confined to the big climax at Alan's house, parents and critics felt that the violence was that was on screen, while cartoonish in nature, was a bit too much. And yes, the violence in the climax is amped up with the Commando Elite using a variety of tools such as bottle rockets, flaming tennis balls, and nail guns. But the MPA saw the final cut prior to everyone else and rated the movie PG-13, which is what I think Joe Dante might have been aiming for from the start. That classification states that parental guidance was suggested for children under the age of 13. The rating was created to make a safety gap between the ratings of PG and R. It was enforced in the year 1984 thanks to two movies whose violence was deemed a bit excessive at that time. 
for younger audiences, and those would be Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Gremlins. There is no doubting why Small Soldiers earned the PG-13 rating, but the rating is advertised for parents to see. So why were parents taking their younger children to go see it? To put it simply, misdirection in advertising. Whether it be the trailer or commercials, all that I can recall being shown when the movie was coming out, as well as the potential audience to go see it, were elements of comedy. And I even went back and watched one of the trailers. There was hardly any scenes of where the Commando Elite were staging any sort of attack on any humans of any kind. You didn't even see the Gorgonites in one of the trailers. So there was a lot of misdirection as far as the advertising goes. So you kind of feel it's going to be a straightforward comedy in a way so the audience were shown a lot of the elements of comedy so obviously parents and critics knew that there would be some violence in the movie but they had no idea to what extent most them was uh, most might have actually blown it off as being a more mature Toy Story knockoff I mean, and why not? Toy Story was still kind of fresh in everyone's mind, even in 1998, with a younger audience that was starting to uh, find interest in the movie that hadn't seen it before, I guess is the best way to put it. Like a newer audience, newer, younger audience that hadn't seen it. So the younger audience who would worship Toy Story would see a commercial for Small Soldiers, one of the misled commercials, and find it interesting because it's another walking, talking toy movie. Parents would see it and would roughly feel it's the same thing, and they would deem it as being more or less harmless. You know, little G.I. Joes or whatever you'd want to call them, just walking around, talking, interacting, joking, stuff like that. I won't defend the amount of violence that's in the movie, but I will say that it's a lot tamer than what uh, some of the PG movies from the early 80s actually had exhibited. But now let's talk about the sponsorship. The original material may have attracted the usual round of sponsors. You know, you slap on a family-friendly label on a movie, however, and you'll find that more sponsors will be open their doors, opening their doors and more willing to have their products placed in movies. And on a rare occasion, studios will allow chains to produce Happy Meals and Happy Meal toys based off of their property. Burger King had actually opted to uh, distribute Small Soldiers toys with their Happy Meals. However, once executives had... Uh, learned of the rating that Small Soldiers had got, they were quick to offer Mr. Potato Head toy as a substitute. However, if kids were still interested in having a Small Soldiers toy, a disclaimer was packed with each and every toy, stating that the movie may or may not be suitable for your children. 
And that's kind of interesting how that was brought up because I think it's a safety net for Burger King. And it's all due back to when Batman Returns came out. McDonald's was in charge of the merchandising for the Happy Meal toys for the Batman, Retoy- Batman Returns toys. And that was back in 1992, I do believe. And McDonald's had put a decent campaign behind it because Batman Returns was going to be the big movie of that year. But there was a little bit of controversy behind it because while McDonald's was willing to distribute the Batman toys when the sequel came out, it was when the Dove Foundation found how found out how dark the movie actually was, they were quick to lead to uh, Mickey D's cancellation of the toy line because they felt that McDonald's was promoting the movie to kids with because of its outlandish violence. In other words, they didn't want children to buy the toys and feel that they had to go see the movie after they got the toys. I think that's where they were coming at, but I'm not sure. But therein, too, they're not the parents that are going to be taking the kids to go see the movies. They're not the ones that have to make that decision at the front of the line before they go into the theater. Well, McDonald's defense was actually rather interesting because they said they wanted children to have the fun experience of being Batman by allowing children to have the Batman Returns toys. Warner Brothers responded in roughly the same way, but they stated that their Batman Returns movie was not geared toward the elementary audience. And I'm going to assume it's probably like from 10 and younger is what they think they're the core demographic against the movie was. I'm thinking they probably figure that anyone else a little bit older than that might actually probably understand the violence a little bit more, but the younger audiences probably wouldn't. might get a little bit scared by it. And rightfully so, because Batman Returns was a little bit of a darker entry in Tim Burton's two Batman movies. But despite the backlash for its stylized violence, I actually personally enjoy the movie small soldiers. It's a unique story and blending of puppetry and CGI used to bring the toys to life. That was the teenage me. The me of the now actually enjoys the movie's creativity and humor. And let's face it, back when it came out in 1998, CGI wasn't really a big, big deal back then. I mean, I think the biggest movies was maybe what? Uh, Independence Day and Twister. I mean, CGI was kind of still relatively new at that point. So seeing action figures come to life, walking around, talking, interacting, and using household tools as a form of defense was actually kind of interesting. And of course you had uh, Tommy Lee Jones actually leading the way as the voice of Major Chip Hazard was, I actually think, a pretty good casting call. Because, I mean, outside of the Joe Dante's original pick was the uh, cast of Predator for the Commando Elite. And I'm not sure who he wanted for the Gorgonites. But I couldn't really picture Schwarzenegger actually pulling off a chip hazard. I think someone with a surly, gruff voice like Tommy Lee Jones made the role a little bit better. Now, as a parent, you know, I'm a little more cautious of what my kid watches. 
uh, in a world that's filled with outlandish CGI violent movies, kind of like what Marvel and DC, some of the Jurassic Parks, and even some of the Home Alones actually produce, I, I don't really see how Small Soldiers, with its limited amount of violence that it does have, could really spark the ire of critics and parents alike. Especially considering the fact that it was PG-13, and that should have been a red flag for almost any parent, but when you look at, what was it, Avengers Endgame, where Thor cuts off Thanos' head, I mean, that itself was a PG-13 movie. And while you don't see the action deliberately kind of taking, it's cut away right before the uh, final blow, but, I mean, you still see the fact that his head hit the ground. So, I mean, if parents were offended by little toys doing what they're pretty much programmed to do, and some studios get upset by that, how come they weren't upset when uh, a god or thunder and lightning used a big old axe to cut off a villain's head? I mean, maybe there was some backlash to Endgame or even Home Alones or, you know, stuff that would captivate the kids' minds. I mean, we don't know. Maybe sometimes we're just never told about it. Maybe it just kind of gets swept under the rug. But I will say this, though, that I am actually looking forward to the time to where I can actually sit down and enjoy Small Soldiers with my son when he decides to get interested in that sort of movie. Because I think it's something that we can both sit down and enjoy. Now, with that being said, that is the end of this episode I'd like to thank you for tuning in and uh, feel free to step on over to the uh, Real Reflections Facebook page for uh, more content and reviews until the next episode drops I'd like to thank you for staying tuned for the coming attractions